Welcome to Paranormal Heart, a place where people can talk about their paranormal experiences. With your host, Cat Ward. Welcome back, folks, to Paranormal Heart Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I have a great episode for you tonight. I am joined by author of the Obsidian Guardian series, J.B. Coates. J.B. is also a paranormal investigator and has appeared on many podcasts and has hosted many paranormal events. On this episode, J.B. discusses some of her paranormal encounters, a near-death experience, and talks about her journey as an author. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, or have questions, comments, or just want to say hello, drop me an email at paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd really love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the show. You can find me on YouTube, Podbean, FringeRadioNetwork.com, KPNL Digital Network on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, and any place you find fine podcasts. You can also join me on Discord, where we can chat while listening to new episodes as they are released on the second and last Sunday of each month at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, on with the show. Hello, JB. Welcome to Paranormal Heart. Hey, Kat. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy you're here. This is <laughs> I'm exciting. I'm happy to be here. It's been crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've been having a lot of fun chatting lately, and uh, yeah, had to have you on as a guest because you have a lot of experience with the paranormal, and we'll also discuss your book later on. Oh, yay. yay. Yes, I have been doing the paranormal. I think I'm at 18 years now. Wow. So, yeah, it's been it's been a wild ride with the paranormal. No kidding. <laughs> wow. So how did you get into the paranormal at first? Well, um, I've always been interested in the paranormal, even as a child, but it wasn't until after my father passed away. And I remember the funeral and you know how when you go to a funeral and everybody tells you, I'm so sorry, you know, he's in a better place, um, our condolences. And, you know, in my head, I was like, well, uh, how do you know? You, you see what I'm saying? How do you know yeah. he's in a better place? And um, they just, you know, you, you just have to believe. You just have to have faith. And I've always been very strong-willed. And faith and just believing something just really wasn't enough for me. So I decided that I was going to find out. And I think a lot of people get into the paranormal this way, you know, through a grief that they can't explain and they want to know more and they want to make sure that their loved ones are, you know, okay. And so that's how I got into the paranormal 18 years ago was 
right after my father passed. Oh, yeah, I find yeah. that I've only come across a couple of people who have never had any paranormal experience whatsoever who became paranormal investigators. Uh, there's not very many of those people. It usually stems from growing up in a haunted location, working at a haunted location or whatever. They've had some kind of a an encounter. Um, so, yeah, yeah uh, it's really interesting to me to find out how people first started because uh, it's just the first step of the long journey. It really is. It really is because people don't realize, you know, they watch these shows and they're like, I'm just going to jump in. And there's a lot of like underlying factors that you have to know as a paranormal investigator. It's not just about the equipment and how it works. You've got to know how to elicit a response or, you know, you trigger objects are so important. And, you know, you've got to know how to use the, the, the equipment correctly, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so um, a lot of these shows, they just leave so much wanting. And then I find a lot of paranormal, new paranormal uh, investigators that are just, you know, straight out the gate. They have no idea. But they've just spent over $2,000 on some really sweet equipment. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. And there's no need for it, in my opinion, when you're first starting out. You know, just a voice recorder would suffice or a camera or even a flur, you know, for... Uh, yeah thermal imaging. Um, yes. But a lot of people, like you said, they watch the shows and they think that they have to have um, a lot of expensive equipment. And I have to say, I fell into that category too. When I first started, I used to think, oh, wow, I we need to have all this ex expensive equipment, but yes. you don't really. Build it well, up. Only one. I have four Sony cameras that just sit in the garage. I <laughs> <laughs> you need to sell those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just I don't I don't use them, and I, but I don't want to get rid of them either because they were so hard to find. Like <laughs> oh, I get you. Yeah. Yeah. So you you like maybe one day, you know. <laughs> you have to start your own little um, museum, for lack of a better term. Just have a section on your wall with all the stuff, you know, that you have. <laughs> paranormal equipment yeah <laughs> like I have a I have a DVR I mm -hmm. have a DVR system I have all the bullet cams and I have ev everything you could think of and they're all sitting in my shed <laughs> and I think I use them maybe a handful of times I you know because I don't do private uh hunts anymore I I you know I I do a lot of events and I do a lot of teaching now and so I don't go out and and I really miss just investigating like just going out and just doing my thing that was that was that was fun and so I I think more this year I'm gonna do some more private hunts where I can you know just investigate and, and not have to think about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, because in my opinion, with somebody just, it, you lose the joy of the investigating. And yes, really? we want to help people, but there's also, a, like, we enjoy doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it is for a love. There is a passion. <laughs> there is a passion that you, you, uh, you develop with the paranormal, but you know, after the, and I see a lot of it uh, after the passion is like fizzled out, I see a lot of paranormal investigators who just, they quit. They just stop. It's not any fun for them anymore. And that breaks my heart because there's just still so much to learn yeah. and so much to be learned 
you know, and once that passions fizzle out, it's like going to school. You, you're done going to school. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get it. And, you know, it's funny you say about, you know, people who've had paranormal invest, uh, uh, experiences before they had paranormal um before they became paranormal investigators. And as a child, I was always very interested in the paranormal. But I recently saw something on, I was watching, I was watching something on Amazon and it it triggered a memory that I had when I was a kid. And it was the documentary about the hat man. Have you seen <gasps> it? No, I have not. Okay, oh. so as a kid, I was very fearful. I, I used to like put all my dolls in the closet and shut the closet door because they scared me at night. So, and, um, one night I was sleeping and I woke up and I saw a man standing at the end of my bed and it was just all black mass. It was just, that's all it was. And I took off running and uh, the next day, my, my dad came in and he checked the room and he laid in bed with me until I went to sleep. And then the next day I woke up and I had a broken bone in my foot. Wow. Just, yeah. Weird. And so I, I had to have a cast and yeah, I had a broken bone in my foot and I could not uh, function. Any, uh, and I was a gymnast. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. And so, but it wasn't from gymnastics. I was fine the night before. Mm -hmm. So it was just, that was one, that was one of the only paranormal, but I remember that week being very, very jittery. Like I couldn't even have my bedroom door closed. Like I felt like, you know, something was there and I couldn't put my finger on it. And so, yeah. And then I never had an experience after that until after my dad died. Can you describe what the hat man looked like, how tall he was, and any other features that you remember? Well, I come from a very long line of tall people. And when I say tall people, my dad was 6'4". My younger brother is 6'7". My older brother is 6'5". My mom is 6'. Now, I'm only 5'6". <laughs> so am I. <laughs> yeah. I got the short gene. It's okay. <laughs> We're cute and compact. So... <laughs> But this man was taller than my dad at 6'4". I, they, it wasn't like they were standing side by side, but in my mind as a child, he was taller than my dad. Um, the figure was just a, it was, he looked like he was wearing a coat, like, but it wasn't like, you know how you see the shadow of a person yep. and you can see the, the, the shapes of their clothing. Yes. That's what it was like, but he was unbelievably tall and he, I, I don't want to say he had a hat on. Like, I don't want to lie to you and be like, he had a hat on because I don't remember a hat. I just remember a jacket and him being unbelievably tall. Okay. And so, yeah, but when I was watching the Hatman videos and all these things were happening to these adults as children, and it just brought back the memory of just wow, you know, you 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 get that that memory back and you go, I remember when this happened. 
I know what they're talking about, but I didn't know it had a name. In fact, I didn't know there was a name for it. I always just thought it was a shadow person. I didn't know there was a specific shadow person in the whole shadow people land (laughs) (laughs) that a lot of people had seen. And it could be more than one. Like people see shadow people all the time, you know? So in my mind, I remembered this. But then the the things about the bad things that happened to them after, that was what really caught my attention. Because like I said, the next morning I woke up, I had a broken bone in my foot, you know, and uh, one of the girls, her, um, her dog died the next day, Aww. like in, early in the morning. It was just a whole bunch of really mis, uh, unfortunate events that happened following the sighting of this particular shadow person. So yeah, I, 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 it was, it was crazy to me <laughs> to no. tell you the truth. The listeners know that I have a special place in my heart, I guess, or a special interest for the hat man, because uh, I saw the shorter version for many years when I was a child. Uh, but I never had any bad experiences. And now I've had uh uh, psychic good personal friends uh, tell me that yeah um, he was a guardian for you uh, but first time I had heard about that I was listening because I never told anybody about it you know well I did when I was a kid but uh, when I was listening to Paratruth Radio with uh, Justin Cancellari and his cousin Eric um, they did a segment on the hat man and I messaged them afterwards and told them about my encounter but mine was shorter sent me a video of uh, somebody who reenacted when they saw the shorter hat man and I was for a split second, I felt all this, these emotions come back of terror just because that was exactly what I saw as a child. And I thought other people have seen it too. So that's why I have such an interest in when people tell me that not only if it's a hat man, but just shadow people in general. Yes. Yes. And, and you know, a lot of people, automatically assume that shadow people are bad. It's a bad omen or, but -hmm. I don't think so. I really think that a shadow person is just a spirit who does not have enough energy to manifest fully. Mm -hmm. Um, They, they're not all, I think in my head, ghosts are like people. If you're an asshole in life, <laughs> you're going to be like that in death. Yeah. And I, I, I think that shadow people are like that as well. I, I just, it's just, a, you know, it, it's logic, you know? So you don't, you don't automatically get angel wings after you die. <laughs> and then, you know, you, you just say you served your time. Good on you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, and I figure that not all shadow people are bad. I figure some of them are mischievous. Some of them are really kind and guardian-like. Some of them are very malevolent. And, you know, it's just like they were when they were in life. Do you feel that, because there's so many types of shadow people, you've got the tall hat man, you have the short ones, you have some who don't wear hats, they're just considered uh, shadow people, that classification, yeah. do you find, do you feel that they're all the same, uh, classification, uh, all from the same place? Or do you think the different, uh, shapes and sizes are just different entities? I honestly, when thinking about shadow people, I think about, uh, plastic wrap. 
and this is going to sound very weird to you, but let me explain. Okay. So I believe that the veil between, in some places, the veil between the living and the dead is very thin. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the shadow people are pressing against the plastic wrap. So there you see the form of them, but you don't actually get the features and the details of them. All right. So they don't have the energy to push through to the other ve- to the to the living world through the veil, which is like I believe in multidimensional beings, but I don't think that shadow people are multidimensional beings. I'm more apt to say Bigfoot is a multidimensional being than I am a shadow person. Okay. Interesting. I always find it fascinating on people's uh, thoughts and descriptions of various entities. And some people said that with the shadow people, they actually see facial features like red eyes and fangs or whatever. Mine didn't not have that. I just, it was just black. I couldn't, it was just a shadow. I couldn't. So it just makes me wonder if those are different entities to the ones that you and I have seen. I don't know. I would think so. That sounds more demonic now mind you i how do i put this it's very rarely a demon (laughs) yeah i i'm sure a lot of people you know especially people who deal in demons know that whenever there's a haunting or something bad that's happening it's very rarely a demon and in the 18 years that i've been doing this i've only ran into two demonic cases wow two in 18 years so while they're out there they're not as prevalent as people would like to think like the fact that zap baggins sees a a demonic portal in every show that's impressive yeah (laughs) (laughs) apparently from people that i know who know him they say he he um he is legit but uh, he's told what to do for ratings. Yes. And that breaks yeah. my heart. It does. It really does. But they do have a business and they're in the business of entertainment, you know, so they do have to right. make it thrilling right. for everyone. Right. And you know, that's the bottom line right now. The bottom line right now is money. It's not about, you know, proof. It's not about the truth out there. The problem <clears throat> is, is that people run in thinking that it is a specific way. And when they think that it's a specific way, they really do get disheartened when it's not what they expected, like on TV. A lot of people don't realize that some of those shows are are filmed over days and you only get 45 minutes of it. Yep. So, you know, the most happening of what happened over a week's time. And so they go into a haunted location and they're there for an hour and they're like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> These shows have so much and I get nothing. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm just not good at this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is bullshit. Pardon my French. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of like uh, near death experiences. Like they're different for everybody. Like I want to say... <laughs> I, I want to say that, you know, a lot of people in their like, and there was a long tunnel with a bright light and I go, okay, that's not what I experienced, 
but it's always different for everybody. So what I experienced was tie-dye skies and polar bears. Did not see my body. Yes. That's (laughs) interesting. (laughs) I, it was, it was tie-dye skies. It was oranges and pinks and yellows and, and reds. And then uh, there were polar bears all around me, just everywhere. And so, like, that's what I experienced when I came out, when I woke up two days later. That's what, that's, that was burned into my memory. So, but other people are like, well, I had, you know, the long tunnel. Or I was floating over my body and I saw what they were doing in the, in the room. And, but everybody's different. And so, you know, it's the same with, um, it's the same with shadow people. People will try to matrix and put a face where there's no face. So, you know, is it in their head? Possibly, but you can't say because you're not in their head. So if they did see like the long fangs and the red eyes, it could have been the mind just make matrixing. But at the same time, you can't prove them yay or nay. So you have to take it with a grain of salt sometimes. Yes. Well, I I like the way you explain that because uh, when it comes to the paranormal, our minds always try to rationalize what we just experienced and try to make it not so scary so we can cope with what we just experienced. So that could possibly be what's, what's happening as well. Not to say every instant is like that, but that could be an explanation. Right. But I don't see how red eyes and fangs would be okay. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and, and you know what? But at the same time, you know, that's what we do. We try to make logic out of what we're seeing so that we can prove either paranormal or not. You're constantly trying to debunk something that's happening to try to prove the paranormal, right? Yep. But if you don't try to debunk it first, then all you're doing is feeding the paranoia of the paranormal. Yeah. Oh, well said. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm a little smart. <laughs> And not just SMRT smart. That's right. But yeah. So, but I love the paranormal. I love the people, especially the people. Because everybody that you come in contact with in the paranormal has a story. I was just thinking those words. Yeah. Yeah. They have a story. There's something crazy off the wall that happened to them that they can't explain. And they are looking for answers. You know, aside from the people who saw, who saw, you know, a show on TV and was like, I can do that, you know, but you you come in contact with people and they want answers. They truly want to know what's going on afterwards. And I think a lot of it is a silent, um, morbid fascination, the proof that there's something after us. You know, looking for what happens after death so you don't fear death as much, you know. And so uh, a lot of times, you know, these people come in contact, especially with me. And I'm just like, 
you guys are awesome. Like the people are awesome. And, you know, you build a relationship with people in the paranormal, like, like you build a relationship with somebody who's in the military, you know, those, those, you know, lifelong friendships that you build with somebody in the military, you do that too with the paranormal. And so I, I really love the paranormal, you know, uh, community. So, yeah. Yeah. I I like what I (laughs) (laughs) So do I. I find over the past uh, several few years, though, uh, there's not as much drama in the paranormal community. Yes, there still is a lot of drama and a lot of hatred and negativity. But I find the most the majority of people are now pulling together and saying, no, we're not going to put up with your BS. We're going to come together as a community and discuss our experiences, discuss our uh, evidence that we collected and say, like, hey, what do you think this could be? And I'm finding there's so many more great people like yourself that that are in my circle now. You know, it's like a, a sisterhood, a brotherhood. You know, it's just it's really amazing now. Because people are waking up and they're realizing that the show is not there. Whether you get a show <clears throat> or you don't get a show, the show is not there. And so when you... T- take out the money aspect, the possibility for money. And you look at people and you go, okay, this is what I got. And this is how I got it. You know, this worked for me. What works for you? And when you start coming together as a community to figure it out so that the paranormal is not such a pseudoscience and becomes a science then you really have the opportunity to make something very great. Now, the people who are stuck on getting the show, those are the people that get shunned faster than anybody else because the show is not there. The show will never be there. And even if you get the show, it's it'll be canceled in one season, tops. Yeah. <laughs> so you really got to think realistically and think about how. How can we prove ourselves not the um, weirdos that everybody thinks that we are? Because, you know. Oh, I'm weird. Like, I'm weird. Yeah, yeah. I'm super weird. <laughs> I've embraced it a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I like being weird. But when I speak to you and I have facts and proof and evidence to back it up, then you realize that not only am I weird. But I'm kind of intelligent, too. Yep. And I can only give thanks to the people that I've met through the paranormal community to help me get there to know what I'm talking about when I'm speaking, you know, because, you know, you cannot learn everything from a TV show. You cannot learn everything from a podcast. You know, you you can't. You have to go out and do it and practice and learn and teach, you know, and so, yeah. It's kind of like if you're doing research on a certain subject, you don't go to the library, for example, and get one book and you know it all. You have to branch out and talk to people, read other books, look at videos. There's a lot of work involved. It is a ton of work and years, years, like I said, 18 years, 18 years of knowledge that I couldn't get with just, you know, walking out into a a haunted building and sitting in the dark with an audio recorder, you know, because you have to know the logistics of things. You have to know the history of things. You have to know how to research. There's just so much that 
goes into being a paranormal uh, investigator that most people don't take into account. It's not all about playing in the dark. No. No. Although it's fun. It's super fun. Yeah, <laughs> it is. But yeah, you don't have to just, in, like I've said this countless times on the show, you don't just need to investigate at the dark. Um, it depends when the activity is. If the activity happens mainly in the daytime, well, yes. it doesn't make sense to go in the evening because yeah. you have all this equipment, you know, and, you, and the things light up and, you know, um, you go where, when the activity is actually happening. Right. I, I actually have had people ask me, well, why do ghosts only come out at night? And you go, no, ghosts don't only come out at night. Ghosts are around you all the time. Yep. But the reason why we investigate at night is because that's when everything's settled down, when you get less interference and you get less, you know, background noise and yep. stuff like that. That's why we investigate light, light in fraction and stuff like that is very hard to debunk when you're recording something during the day, you know, unless you're Joe Damari. So have you heard of Joe Damari? No. Joe Damari created an app that is called um, the ghost. I forget what it's called, but anyway, so he uses the, his app uses the fractals because uh, the fractals of light and he can actually use this app during the day and it shows the bending of the fractals of light around where a spirit might actually oh, be. Wow. Yes. And then he uploaded a whole English dictionary to this app. So not only is it an app, but it's an obelisk at the same time. So, not only are you filming this, uh, the, the light bending around an object that you can't see with the naked eye, but you're getting like sentences and it's very, very cool. And I That's forget amazing. what it's called. Yeah. It's a very cool little, little app. And I'm and looking, I'm looking up his, is it Demar, like Marie, Demarie type thing? D-E-M-A-R-I-E? Yes. Do you know? Or okay. I. I, I think the last one is an I. Okay. The last letter is an I. Joe Damari. No, I'm not seeing anything coming up, but I'll uh, I'll look into that after. He actually used to. Uh, you remember when um, the Tennessee Wraith Chasers used to have their show called Ghost Asylum, where they used mm, to yeah. build the traps. Oh yeah. He, he actually worked on set to help them build the traps. They, they, they were his ideas mm -hmm. on, you know, ghost traps and stuff like that. He used yeah. to do that with them. And that's where he came up with the idea. And he worked with a lot of people, a lot of students from MIT to come up with the different functionalities of this particular app. So it's an actual so, yeah. like a phone app? You can put it on your phone. He actually provides... Um, uh, when you order the app, you can order it on your phone for Android and um, Apple. Okay. But he actually, uh, if you, it, uh, you can actually request an, uh, a pad, a tablet, and he uses, uh, uses a tablet. And then he's got, uh, 
he just he really he he's got it set up where you can point the camera and he does all kinds of like ITC experiments with it like smoke and water and all kinds of stuff. He he really goes into it. I really have so, to look yeah. that up. That really intrigues me. Yeah, it's a very cool app. And so yeah, and he he made it so that we could actually use this app during the day. So we did not have to wait until the sun went down to be able to you know, hunt for spirits. Not so, as much yeah. fun, but <laughs> I know, I know. I, there is something about walking through an old, decrepit building with a flashlight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and not knowing what's around that corner. It just <laughs> really is a fantastic feeling. <laughs> but yeah, but just so you know, if you're afraid of the dark, Joe Damari's got you. <laughs> yeah. Definitely have to look that up. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> can, can for a minute, could we get back to your near-death experience? And this really intrigues me because, like you said, everybody says they see a bright light, but not you. <laughs> Where do you think you went? What What do you think happened? Well, uh, the story. Um, I gave birth to one of my best friend's sons <laughs> for her, and at 26 weeks, I had to have an emergency C-section, and I bled to death for two and a half minutes. I was clinically dead. Um, in that two and a half minutes, I was in tie-dye, there were just tie-dye skies, there were rolling hills, there were polar bears, there was, uh, there was music. Uh, I can't tell you what music, but it was just very, it was very peaceful. And I wanted, like, I wanted to stay there. And it was just like, I could walk around. I was walking around. I was, in my mind, I was there for a long time, like a long time. But in all actuality, it was only two and a half minutes that I was gone. So it was, like I said, tie-dye skies, polar bears, rolling hills, light music. It was just a really, really, I could stay there forever. And so when I think about it, when I think about, you know, the different near-death experiences and stuff like that, I want to, I want to say that me being me, I'm a very whimsical person, like, you know, very creative, just up for anything, you know, I'm that person, right? So I think I created my own heaven. Does that make sense? That makes sense, I yeah. I think that people's heavens are different than other people's heavens. Like heaven is where you were the happiest. Not that I've ever been anywhere where there were tie-dye skies and polar bears and rolling <laughs> hills. It's just, but me being me, that's where I would end up because I'm just that person. But like for somebody else who's very religious, you know, their, their idea of heaven is more like, you know, the fluffy clouds and the bright light and the, the, the feeling of peace and happiness. When my dad passed, I always imagined him in the fields of Texas running through barefoot because he said that's where he was the happiest when he was a kid running through the fields of Texas, just doing whatever he did mm -hmm. to have fun. So I think that heaven is different. Near-death death experiences are all different. Like you get a glimpse of where you're headed. You know, um, 
I could go back to tie-dye skies and polar bears, and that would be okay with me. (laughs) It it sounds hilarious. It really does. And when I tell people, they're just like, all right. But then I watched uh, on Netflix, they've got a, a, a new show, and this lady was actually clinically dead for 30 minutes. She had drowned on a kayak. And then she, my husband and I were sitting there, And we're listening to her experience. And she says, so it was tie-dye skies and I was floating up away from the earth. And I looked at my husband and he looked at me and he was like, uh, I was like, yeah. (laughs) Wow. And I was like, I was like, she experienced it just like I did. And minus the polar bears, I, there were no polar bears in her afterlife. I don't even know why there were polar bears in my afterlife. Were they holding bottles of Coke? There was no Coke. Ah. No Coke. (laughs) But but yeah, she, she explained it the same. It was tie-dye skies. And she, she said that. In her experience, she actually could look back down on the earth and see um, everything that was happening, like, all at once. Her explanation was, you know, she just knew things and knew how things were going to go. And as soon as she went back into her body, she forgot them. But she knew that she knew them. For me, it wasn't, I didn't, like, look down on earth and be like, yep, there I am. No, there (laughs) was just in wonder of what was all around me that looking back wasn't just, it just wasn't in my head to do. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that near death experiences are all different. They're not exactly what you expect them to be, but I believe that they are where you were the happiest in your life. And that will be your heaven for all eternity. If you believe in, you know, life after death like that. So, yeah, it's the first time I've ever heard of because you always hear of everyone's personal hell, but also now there's a personal heaven. And I've never really heard a whole lot about that. And I I like that. I Well, you know, if you think about it, if somebody has a personal hell, like they were bad enough that they've got a personal hell. Yeah. There, there has to be the opposite of the spectrum, because, I mean, Christianity is all about. Um, opposites, good Mm -hmm. and evil, you know, good and bad, yin and yang. It's all about the balance, the opposites and having balance. So if you have a personal hell, you have to have a personal heaven too. So, Mm. yeah. Are you a good artist? Are you able to maybe put down these images, sketch them perhaps? Nope. I deal in words. Yeah. (laughs) It would be interesting if you could find someone who could, you know how whenever there's a crime scene and you have to describe to somebody what the person looked like and they sketch it out. If you could find somebody yeah. like that, maybe you could come up with a book of, with uh, of images of your near-death experience. My heaven looks like. That would be awesome, actually. If I could come up with, if somebody, listen, if you guys are listening, somebody wants to draw my personal heaven, call me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I think that would, I'd be willing to look at a book like that, to look at the images, because uh, now I I could be totally out to lunch, but I think if an individual were to look at a book like that, it might even trigger some memories that of experiences or places that other people have been. 
And they're like, right. hey, you know, I never re I never remembered this until now. Exactly. Kind of like the Hatman documentary yeah. for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. And and it was just it was so surreal for me to wake up in the hospital after and look around and it was very crushing almost. It's like, oh, I'm here. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, you know, the colors were so vibrant and the colors were so beautiful and everything. It wasn't cold. It wasn't hot. It was, everything was just so great. And then you wake up in a hospital room and nothing you see will ever be that vibrant, that crystal clear, that beautiful ever again. And it, you come to terms with, wow, you know, and yep. then you look for those things throughout the world. So people go, well, you know, you've got a second chance. And I go, well, I don't look at it as a second chance. Now I look at it as borrowed time. I'm on borrowed time. And you know what I'm going to do with it? Whatever the hell I want mm -hmm. until it runs out. If I, if I don't want to be a quote unquote professional <laughs> I'm going to be a professional. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do what I want to do, how I want to do it until my time runs out. Yep. And I think I should have been living that way before, before everything went downhill, you know, uh, before I died, before my heart stopped, because I think that I'm happier now than I was before, because before I died, I was going to school to be a medical administrator. I was going to sit in a cubicle among cubicles mm -hmm. in a city full of cubicles <laughs> and talk on the phone and work on a computer. And that was going to be my life. That's our and own personal really, hell. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that really would have just sucked the life right out of me. And I believe people should live like this there for the rest for their, from the start, from the day they are born, because I'm telling you, I'm happy. I'm so happy. I I love myself. I love my life. I love my kids. I love my husband. You know, we make it work. Mm -hmm. And that's the way it's supposed to be. You know, happiness at every turn. And yes, do I get depressed? Yes, I do. Do I get sad? Yes, I do. It's but do I let human. myself? Yeah. But do I let myself stay there? No, not at all. Good. Not at all. I let that shit go as fast as I can because... It just, it's soul sucking. So yeah, <laughs> that was my near death experience. That's wow. But I have to say, <laughs> I've heard that from a lot of people with near death experiences that when they come back, unless they've gone someplace not so pleasant, which I haven't heard too many encounters of that happening, but it does happen. But everyone yeah. who's had good experiences, they're disappointed in a way that they've come back. It's mm -hmm. like, wow, I was in the the perfect place and now I'm here yes. you know yeah um yeah yeah and nothing's as clear nothing as is as you know just you just want to float away and you you just can't and you look around and even the greenest grass is just not as green or you know the color red is just not as fire you know and yeah. it's just it really is like we're living in a muted, you know, sense mm -hmm. than where we can be. So, but do I want to kill myself to go back? No. No. 
good. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Maybe that's why Always. so. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why so many people are coming out now and saying that we are in the matrix, that we, this is not real. This is not the real world. So maybe you got out of the, the matrix. So what yeah. was the real world was, because, you know, if you have a copy of a copy type thing, then the, you did. Yes, yeah. exactly. So yeah. who knows? Maybe these people are onto something. We don't know. Living uh, ones and O's in binary land. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keanu Reeves and Matrix. <laughs> yeah. He's hot. I, oh, I yeah, he is. That man is. That man is sexy. Yeah, I have to agree. <laughs> <laughs> He's come a long way since Wayne's World. <laughs> yes. yes, he has. Yes. Um, Bill and Ted. Yes. Bill and Ted. Oh, right, right. Bill and Ted, yeah. yeah. Wayne's yeah, yeah. World was uh, Mike Myers. And Dana Carvey. Yes. I used to love Dana Carvey. He's just so goofy. I know. Made him cute. <laughs> wait, wait. He's Canadian too, isn't he? Mike Myers is Canadian. Is Dana Carvey Canadian? I don't know. I know Mike Myers is, but I don't know about Dana Carvey. Yeah. I have to look I, that up after, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always get those two mixed up, Bill and Ted and Wayne's World. Yes. <sighs> they were both very... Very funny, very ignorant shows, but they were <laughs> worth the hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> it stoked, well, Wayne's World stoked my love of Queen. Oh, and, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And then uh, um, Bill and Ted stoked my love of Warrant. Every Rose ah, has its book. Yes. <laughs> love that song. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, they all have their, their good parts. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, so yeah. when you, do you have a favorite piece of equipment when you go doing, when you go do an investigation? My favorite piece of equipment when I go do an investigation, honestly, is I'm, I'm very, um, here and now I don't like to wait. <laughs> so I really like the spirit box or the spiritus app, mm -hmm. um, the reason why is because then I can hear it in real time and then I, I don't have to rewind my audio recorder. I do that anyway. I'm going to do that anyway, but I like to know what I've got before I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> You're so oh, yeah. impatient. I bet you peeked at your Christmas presents too. I really did. <laughs> in fact, my husband knows how impatient I am that my birthday's not for two weeks and he already gave me my birthday present. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> So I'm like, okay, <laughs> but yeah, I like, I like to know what I've got in the here and now and I am impatient. So I, I like the spirit box or the spiritus app, anything that I can use in the here and now and hear the responses as I go. But I do like to do experiments. So I like to use like the Estes experiment Yep. and I like to do the human pendulum and those are always really fun for me. Sorry, I'll edit this out. I just heard someone come in. Oh, hey, honey. Oh. <laughs> so. All of a sudden, the curtain moved, and I felt cold breeze, and it's like someone came in. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep. He yep. was, I saw him walk to the other side of the bed, and then, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. So. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very impatient when it comes to, because I, 
I enjoy <clears throat> the hunt or the investigation. I like people to get involved. I like my investigations to be very animated. Um, people who have the recorder and they just want to sit in the dark and ask questions, that's cool if it works for you. But at the same time, while you're asking those questions and you just spent three hours in a spot where you got zero response. <laughs> yeah. So I like to do experiments. Uh, ITC experiments are really cool. Like I said, the Estes experiment, the um, human pendulum is very fun for me. And then I use the Spiritus app and the uh, ghost box. Can you explain to the listeners what some of these um, uh, experiments are in case they haven't heard of it? Okay, so the Estes experiment is um, an experiment that uh, cuts out the middleman. So you know how when you use the uh, spirit box or the Spiritus app and everybody hears something different. So what you do is you take one person and you put them in a room by themselves. And you've probably seen this on um, uh, uh, Kindred Spirits where they put Amy in a room by herself with headphones and a spirit app or a spirit or a spirit box. And all she's doing is calling out the words that she can make out in another room. There's somebody else asking questions and inadvertently the person in the room by themselves with the headphones it, are answering the questions that the person is asking in the other room. So it cuts out the middleman of having uh, a whole bunch of people thinking that they said, Paul ball stall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the human pendulum is a uh, pendulum is uh, something that a lot of like pagan um, practitioners use. It's on a it's a, a gem or something on a long chain. And, you know, it, it ticks a, diff a different way for a different answer. And it's usually yes or no questions. So what I do is I take five people and I put one person in the middle in the middle and then I put four people around them. And then I ask the spirit to use the person in the middle as a pendulum to move them back or forth, side to side, to tell me the yes or no, uh, the answers to yes or no questions that we're asking. And so that's always really fun, especially when the person in the middle doesn't believe it's going to happen and then it happens. <laughs> <laughs> and the look in their face is always priceless. <laughs> Always priceless. That's not a method so, yeah. I've ever tried. I've heard of it, but I've never tried it. Yeah, it's very cool. <laughs> it's it's very cool when you. It almost feels like there's a, a string running um, inside you, down the middle of you, mm -hmm. and you're on the string being pulled back or back or forth, or side to side. It's kind of like your body is moving along this string. It's kind of cool. It sounds pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> And so, yeah, that's the that's the human pendulum experiment. I wanted to mention about the uh, voice recorders. What I do is I usually, the voice recorder that I have, I, I plug earbuds into them so I can hear at the same time. So instead of, well, plus I listen to it later on, but yes. I have actually heard responses then and there. And just like, yes, you know, <laughs> if I didn't have the earbuds plugged in, I would have I would have only picked it up later on when I listened to it. Yeah. 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 
Um, a lot of, I love the, the headphone um, with the ear, ear, yeah. earbuds. Not only can you hear in real time, but you also can hear somebody walking down the hall or up above you, yep. footsteps, any kind of, uh, any kind of things, anomalies, mm-hmm. as I like to call them. Um, it's the ones that just sit with the recorder, no earphones, no nothing, just in the room with the recorder. And that's all they do. And I'm like, I'm bored. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I would be afraid to, to doze off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm like so bored. What, what are we doing? Is this, this is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hang on, Joy. I just had a knock at the door. Yes. Oh my God. I'm going to put a on air at my door. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, honey. Before you go to bed, do you mind making me a sandwich or something? I forgot how late it was. A sandwich? Yeah, I didn't make one because I forgot. Yes, I will. Two of them? Sure. Okay. There's a red container there. Okay. Is Dad in bed? No, he grabbed some socks and left. I don't know. Did he go for a walk? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Night, lovey. My son. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Thank God for editing. <laughs> oh, well, at least I'm up. Go ahead. With you. Do I what? Do you have one with you? Because that's what I told my, my family. I'm like, when I'm filming, just text me. <laughs> yeah, it's behind me on the cur- on, on the bed, because if I put it on the uh, desk, it'll go v- v- and then I can hear it on the audio. Everything, yes. But <laughs> actually, I can edit that part out now because... Um, you know how? Yes, because I have two tracks. I have what I'm saying and what you're saying. And yeah. if I, because I clear my throat a lot and I sniff because I'm always congested and whatnot, I can take that out while you're still talking. Yeah. Or, you yeah. know, so I can do that now. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Brian. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. Where are oh, we? Hang on. What the heck happened now? Am I still recording? Okay, we are. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Um, I think we just finished talking about the earbuds in real time and how boring it was if people don't have the earbuds. Yes. Cheapers. Yes. (laughs) So, but yeah, so that's, that's what I do. I live a very whimsical life. I am a paranormal investigator. I work in a liquor store and I... Okay, now it's recording. <laughs> I don't know. So <laughs> it's said uh, that uh, you're very whimsical. You work in the liquor store. Just take it away from there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I write books. And you write books, yes. And I write books. So, yeah, my last two novels I wrote while I was working at a liquor store. <clears> and <throat> it's been, I love my job. Like, I get paid twice. <laughs> like, this is amazing. How how can I find a job like that? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Where I can get paid and maybe do my podcast at the same time. <laughs> right? <laughs> I actually got stuck doing a podcast while I was at work one night. And no lie, I was doing the podcast, ringing people up and, and yeah, greeting them, being like, hey, thanks for coming by. And then going back to the podcast. Was it like, live? I, it was, it was live. Oh my, <laughs> that's funny. Wow. 
it was awesome. It was it was one of the and then after that I decided I was not going to do that anymore cuz that is just a lot. <laughs> yeah, too much multitasking. That's a lot of multitasking. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, your book. I absolutely love your book and you're going to have a wonderful narrator. <laughs> I've got the best narrator. My narrator is so much fun. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I've i written three. And the one that you and I are working on right now yep. is called Integrity. I love the book, <laughs> which really helps because I'm really glad it's that I enjoyed the book because I have to narrate it. And it would I, I just want to shoot myself if, in the foot or something if the book was like, I really don't like this, but no, it was really, really good. And I got into the characters while reading it. Oh my God. So you guys don't know, but she did the first chapter for me recently and I was listening to it today and she was like adding giggles where they needed to go. And it just, it really just brought all of my characters to life. And I loved every second of it. It was just so much fun to listen to it. <laughs> I was so engrossed in listening to it that I forgot I wrote the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Well, I'm glad that's, that's, uh, it means I've, I'm doing my job. You are doing your job well, well. <laughs> Thank and you. My favorite is, I don't know if you guys know, but Kat is Canadian. So my favorite thing is when she reads the <laughs> word about. And I was, I, I, I heard it the first time and I was like, I am so just going to leave that. <laughs> like, cause she says, she doesn't say about, she says a boot. <laughs> I think I say about, did I just not say it the way you said it? I said a boot. Oh my God. Now to me, when I say about, I said it the way you said it. That's funny. And I was just like, this is, this is awesome. These are one of those quirks that you find in a narrated book. And I was like, I'm leaving it. That is just awesome. And so, yeah, I left it. <laughs> this is awesome. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> So yeah, we're we're working on that one. And if you haven't read Integrity or well, if you haven't read Integrity, then you haven't read Trepidation or Perseverance yet. And I'm very disappointed in you. And so, <laughs> but but they're they're about, you know, magic and gargoyles and you know, there's sex and I I am actually busting to hear Kat read the sex scene. <laughs> Yes, because when I messaged you going, I don't know, when did I become a prude? The first time she read it, she blushed. I did. True story. Now, the great thing about knowing the author when you're reading a book, you can text the author and say, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened or whatever, you know. And it's like, yeah, uh, JB, uh, the sex scenes. And all I keep thinking is. My father might be listening to this book because his daughter's narrating it. And it's like, yeah, yeah. When I message you and I'm like, when did I become a prude? <laughs> I'm... I, the picture of her cheeks just flaming up is amazing to me. Uh, and I laughed for about 10 minutes about that. <laughs> I'm glad I brought joy to you. <laughs> Oh, I'm tearing up right now. I'm laughing. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I and you know, I didn't 
warn and and I get this a lot actually a lot of yeah, people there was no warning <laughs> yeah the, the, and they they tell me all the time they were like you could have given me a heads up about the sex scene and I'm like well what fun is that yeah like, <laughs> yeah yeah I have to agree I, I I can see where you're coming from but <laughs> <laughs> because you know I, 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 I listen to Kat. I listen to her podcast. We, we talk often. And like in the first chapter, I think there's what, three curse words in the whole chapter? Something like and that, yeah. And listening to her say the curse words, I don't know why I feel vilified every time she says it. <laughs> and every time she's like, holy hell. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> now I do cuss so that doesn't really you know uh, but yeah the sexy yeah I, I'm approved now I just yeah I have no idea when that happened but <laughs> it's just a really really great collaboration that we have going on yeah and and we talk and you know we go through and Kat helps you know with her voice is just so wholesome and pure and rich and it's just a really great fit for the book and then when we go through and we read the characters lines oh my god it just it all comes together it's just so wonderful well you've said that, often that this was meant to be because yes. the way that I envision the characters when I'm reading them you're like exactly so yeah. I mean we yes. don't really have to work much no it's it's not hard at all. <laughs> well, that just tells me you're a great author because I'm able to pick up on how you want to perceive the characters, and I and I picked up on right. it. Thank you, thank you. I feel like like I I told you before, you know, integrity has a bunch of characters that somebody knows. Yeah, like you can drop any one of your friends or family into these character positions and be like, oh, that's perfect fit. I, I know who she's talking about. She's talking about Stacy or she's talking about Dylan or, you know, <laughs> yeah. just, these are people that you run into in your everyday life. And so I really, I really wanted to be, for people to be able to um, identify with these characters. And when I hear you reading them, I, I I see that I hit the mark with that. And it really makes me happy that it came across the way it's supposed to come across. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, it really is a, a good book. Like, uh, well, I had you going, though, one day when and you said, did you like the book? I'm like, no, I didn't like the book. And I hit send and I waited. And I'm like, I love the book. And you're like, oh, you had me scared there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> For making me read the sex scenes. <laughs> She's like, ha. Ah. <laughs> uh. But I think I think Kat's gonna provide you guys with links in case you want to check them out before they come oh, I out will. audio. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So Well but, right now it's the paperback or or hardcover. I am not sure. Um I will provide links to where people can find your book to read. And as soon as the audiobooks come out, of course I'll be letting everybody know. Oh yeah, we'll 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 yell it from the mountain. Everybody yeah. will know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's just 
it's been a really fun process because not only am I the writer, so I know what's going on, but I get to watch Kat set up her her soundproof room. And, you know, I get to, you guys saw pictures on Facebook. If you have her on Facebook and Instagram where she set up her new filming room and everything, well, I get to watch that. Like yeah. <laughs> I get to hear about it. So it was just a really fun process for me because I never knew how much went into, you know, reading a book out loud. Neither did I. So. <laughs> <laughs> that you were like I just went did a casting call for a voice reader and I was yeah. like I'm voice reader <laughs> yeah. and it's funny that day that earlier that day I had been talking to one of my customers about the fact that he travels so much so he doesn't have time to read and he asked me if I was going to put it on audiobook and I was like well I was going to put it on audiobook but I don't know how <laughs> <laughs> yep and then I saw Kat's post and I was like, now I do. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because I've, I've known you for a couple of years now. I didn't even know you wrote books. <laughs> Thanks, Kat. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm not Canadian, eh? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but I, uh. You know, it's funny because I get a lot of people who say that just to look at me, they're shocked that I write novels. They're they're just like, and I don't know why, like, I don't know what a novelist should look like. Like, What should a novelist look like? To me, that's a strange statement. Yeah. Should I like have my hair up in like a bun? Glasses at the end of your nose? Yeah. Like, yeah. Freaking, uh, uh, uh. an A straight uh, skirt. Like, should I look like a librarian? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you know, but I don't look like a librarian. No. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so I'm not sure what that means, but they do act shocked. Like, I don't, a lot of people want to write books, but there's a small percentage of people who actually like even published their first book. You see what I'm saying? And a smaller percentage actually goes on to write a series. And so um, just, you know, to get it out there and to put it, to put your thoughts, it's a very daunting task. It's a very, you want to look at the book and go, this is stupid. Nobody's going to read it. No, nobody wants to read this. This, this is dumb. But a lot of people react like you do. You know, they, they really love the book. And it really does help me to spur myself on to write more and to get more out there. But at the time when I was publishing Integrity, Integrity was brought on after the whole Zion thing, after Zion was born. And You know, like I said, I was going to college to be a medical administrator and I dropped out of college to write novels. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So and then you go, okay. so then they're like, well, once you've got the book written, now you've got to query yourself. Now, querying yourself is basically like you write a letter talking about yourself and your book. 
and you send it out to a bunch of agents because you can't just send it to the publishing houses because publishing houses don't don't take unsolicited novels. I did not know that. Yes. So you have to get an agent. So You send your query letter out to agents across the way and they very nicely tell you no. This is not what we're looking for. We're looking for something different. This is not a good fit for us, you know, whatever. And all I can say is thank God for Amazon because I just could not listen to one more person tell me no. You know, I, I really could not listen to one more person say, no, you're just not, it's not going to be a good fit, Yeah. you know? And it really does kill me because one, I don't like to write about myself and, you know, and you're supposed to write about yourself and blow your horn and tell them how fantastic you are. And I was like, no, I, I just can't. (laughs) So my query letters suck. (laughs) That's the long and short of it is my query letters were not good. So I self-published through Amazon and Amazon made it so that my book was available worldwide. So I've got people in the UK who have read my book. Yeah, I've got people in, my book is available for sale in Dubai, England, Scotland, Italy, Australia, um, Peru. That is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. So I go, okay, thank you, Amazon, because without them, my book would still be in my computer collecting dust. And I wouldn't be narrating it. That's right. That's right. We need your kickoff, your flagship book, damn it. Yes. <laughs> but it is just truly amazing how easily you and I fell into, you know, doing this together. Like, I always knew I liked you, mm-hmm. you know, what little interaction we had throughout Facebook. But this has just cemented, like, our friendship because we really are, we work really well together. We do, yes. So yeah, I, I really enjoy this. This has been a super easy process and I like it. Me too. I, I have to I have to thank Katie Turner for introducing us. Yes, Katie, thank you. Thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and Richard, of course. Katie and Richard. Yes, yes, yep. yes. Thanks, Richard. And then so and we've got to thank Brian. We really got to think. Brian Anderson. Oh, yes. yes. Without my mentor. you, my man, man, you have really helped out leaps and bounds. And you know what? You get a gold star because you did great work. Thank you so much. He's probably so, yeah. He's probably hit his head on the on his desk a few times, wondering why is she not getting <laughs> this? Why? Because um, he helped me set up my podcast too. And now he's helping me with uh, book narrations So, because he's been doing it for over nine years and he's sharing his knowledge with me. And I really appreciate that. And see, that's the way it should be. It should be that if you have somebody who's aspiring to do something that you have done for a very long time, then you should share that knowledge. Because if you don't share that knowledge, it can't go past you. You know, it's lost with you whenever you're lost. And I think it should be same with the paranormal community. You know, we need to share more and stop trying to hide away like we're doing something super sneaky secret because it's not, you know, it's not secret. 
So, yeah. And that's the way it should be. We should be helping each other more. And I feel like the world would be a better place if we did. Yeah. And and I think if if we could have just started a long time ago with sharing the knowledge and research on the paranormal, we probably would would we'd have a lot more answers to our questions right now instead of yes. trying to stop other people from sharing their knowledge or speaking their minds and what they got and, and ridiculing them. I think we would have really found out we probably would have different equipment by now too, yes. you know? Yes. But like I said, now that uh, people seem to be working together and uh, listening to each other and, uh, you know, it's nice to hear other people's ideas uh, you might not agree with them. It doesn't matter. You're sharing your ideas and trying to right. to find out what is behind the paranormal, what's really going on. Right. And do not, if you don't agree with somebody's theories, do not naysay them. Do not, like, try to run <clears throat> them through the mud. Yep. If you don't agree, just don't agree. Like, yeah walk away. You do not have to destroy somebody just because you don't agree with what they're, what they're saying. And so many times I find that people do that and it's just not fair. It's like on social media when someone posts something and somebody doesn't agree. Okay. You don't, you don't have to bash that person. Keep scrolling. Just keep Keep scrolling. scrolling. Yes. Yes. Keep scrolling. You did not have to stop there just to try to change somebody's mind keep scrolling and if if you see more of my posts and you don't like them you can always unfriend me yes yeah yeah. (laughs) you have options than just jumping on my post to try to make me look like a jackass yeah there are options (laughs) because to me the only person looking like a jackass is the one attacking that person you know right because chances are that person has a bunch of people in their circle who feel the same way they do. Yeah. And you get attacked because you decided that you wanted to attack somebody else. And then your feelings are hurt. Now you're a victim. Yeah. Yes. Just it's okay to have different opinions. It is. It's it okay. Really it really is. is. And it's okay <laughs> to be able to discuss your different opinions without getting a, into a heated conversation. It's. That is a true statement because you know what? None of us live in a fishbowl. So to hear a different, a different mind speak out is actually good for the soul. You know, you cannot live in a sounding board where everybody sounds like you. You have to live in a land where other people have different opinions. And that way, at least you try to understand their opinion and try to put across your opinion so that they can understand you. But you don't have to yell at them and attack them the whole time. No. No. So, yeah. Uh, When my daughter was in high school, um, during our political elections, Trudeau was running for the first time here in Canada. And I was so happy to hear my daughter say that there was a lot of people that were her age discussing politics and they didn't like some people loved Trudeau other people didn't but they were having a discussion and they it was not heated and right. they were still friends or they still had respect for each other after the conversation you know yeah. and i was so happy to hear that i thought wow young people actually having discussions it really yeah. warmed my heart 
Yeah, imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I find that it's a it's full-grown adults that are fighting like kids. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't have time in my life to argue with you about this. This is how I feel. I understand how you feel and why you feel that way. Just go your own way. It doesn't have to be a, a whole life-changing event. So I figure, like, at least here in the United States, if you don't like the president, wait four years. We'll have a new one. <laughs> it's know? like, that's what we say about the weather here. You don't like the weather? Wait 15 minutes and it's, it'll change. That's right. <laughs> just, just wait. It'll change. It always does. Yeah. And then, you, you know, then you'll have something else to be upset about. But, you know, all this... All this, everything is so politicized and everything is so touchy nowadays from, you know, political to uh, weather, money, you know, the the paranormal community, you know, even even book communities yep. are super, super secret. Like somebody's trying to steal their ideas. But I read an article once and it said that there's no new ideas like there I've are, heard that before, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everything is, there's no such thing as a new idea anymore. And so then you go, okay, so it's the free thinkers that are coming up with the new stuff. But most of us are not free thinkers. You know, we're, we've got some kind of standard in mm -hmm. our heads. And so, you know, it's the Elon Musk's of the world, or you see what I'm saying? Yep. Those are the people who are going to be the new idealists. And it just, it's just super unfortunate that they have billions of dollars to do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> You're like, Oh, celebrities in space. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I'd like to go to space. Yes. I really yes. would. Can, can a nobody go to space with the celebrities? I mean, please. <laughs> well, I, if I'm, if I recall correctly, I think Elon Musk is trying to make it so the average person can go to space and it won't break the bank. Yes. So it was him. First, it was uh, Richard Branson. Yes. Richard Branson wanted to make space available for everybody. Yeah. And he just never hit the mark. Like he was just short, like he was so close. And then Elon Musk went in and just swept the, the board. And so, yeah, they're both trying to make it super affordable for the average Joe yep. to be able to go to space. And I think that is very admirable. Yep. You know, mind you, it doesn't hurt their pockets. Oh, but no. <laughs> no, but it's nice to know they're trying to include everyone. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so that, that makes me happy, whether they're just saying it to say it or they actually mean it, that that's a big deal. You yes. know what I mean? Hold on. <clears throat> <laughs> Hello, Travis. Hello, Johnny. I am in the middle of a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you guys in a minute. We're almost, we're almost done anyways. Yeah. My son has this group of friends, like, that he's been friends with since he was in elementary school. Aww. And now he's in college. And so 
they don't even like knock anymore. They just come in. Like yeah, they're family. <laughs> they're, yeah. There's like, eight of them. Like at any given morning, I could wake up and there'd be like seven people on the couch sleep. Like that's my household. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Whenever he's home from college, I've always got a house full, whole, full of people. So yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I I love my kids. My other kid is back in college. He's uh, I took him back last Thursday for his spring break, and then Johnny's home for this spring break, and then he goes back on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Aww. So then it'll just the four of us. Well, because my mom lives with us. Yeah. So your mom's awesome. And my mom sucks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not my editing mom, that. No. We're gonna leave that in there. My mom is actually. When she first moved up here, she she's originally from El Paso, Texas. She was born in El Paso, Texas. She was raised in Oregon and then moved back to El Paso, Texas. So she's always loved El Paso. Mm-hmm. But when she moved here, she couldn't she couldn't live she couldn't live by herself anymore. So she, I had her move in with us. And she was very worried about what she would do. What am I going to do, pumpkin? You know, I don't have any hobbies, you know, blah, 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 this and that. Now she's a paranormal investigator with me. I she goes to all that. of my par- Yeah, she goes to all of my paranormal I didn't events. Know that. She- yeah, yeah. I for Christmas one year, I bought her her own paranormal kit. And yeah, so she <laughs> she's got an audio recorder, a K2 meter, I she's love got a flashlight. She's Yeah, so she she does the paranormal stuff. She's all about it now. And That's if you cool. ask her about it, she she's she knows all the lowdown, the lingo, everything. She's just all about it. That's nice. <laughs> so yeah, that's my mom. She goes. She she's a ghost hunter with me. That's, I love that. <laughs> so yeah, but before before she moved here and I told her what I was doing, she was like, whatever. <laughs> I I was the weirdo, but not anymore. She's <laughs> she's all about it now. Weirdo. <laughs> Yeah, too funny. I'm like, well, you're right. I am the weirdo, but <laughs> now you <laughs> now are too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she has a ball. She's going with me to Lynchburg this weekend. So she's Aww. super. Yeah. So want to go. <laughs> yeah, it's. You know, I hate that you're so far away. <laughs> I hate that you're so so far away. I know. But if we get like to Nashville, then like to visit or whatever, we'll get together and I'll take you on a, a paranormal oh, hunt. That would be awesome. Like, octagon hall or if you want to go to old south pittsburgh hospital or wherever you want to go we'll go i'll go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. and you know you know um ronnie d just bought a new hospital really yes he bought harriman hospital and it's over close to georgia mm-hmm. and yeah they're 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 cleaning it now and so it should be open for business by january of next year so oh, that's yeah. very cool it's very awesome. It's very awesome. So I'm very excited yeah. that he's he's got this going on. Nice. So yeah, he's like saving one hospital at a time. <laughs> Love that. But he's, he's very determined and he's such a good venue owner and he's such a good team leader. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got his head on right and he's got no like aspirations of grandeur. You know, he's just a really cool down to earth type of guy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Randy is kind of awesome nice yeah 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 so we're just about at the end here but i just wanted to mention about the elon musk and the space uh explorations and whatnot 
I can't wait to find out if there's any paranormal experiences in space. Ooh, ooh, zero gravity paranormal. That's just, a, that's a great name for a show. <laughs> Let's want... do it. Elon? Yes. You, me, and JB. That's right. That's right. Zero gravity zero paranormal. Paranormal. <laughs> I wonder if it's going to go the way of paranormal or aliens. Or maybe both. Or maybe both. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Find a new type of cryptid out in space. But I guess it wouldn't be a cryptid. It would be an alien. Yeah, maybe. So, I mean, that's still super cool. I wonder if I can bring my flat iron on the the (laughs) shove. Maybe. (laughs) I love that. I've I've been really wanting to speak with astronauts. And or even pilots to find out, have you had any paranormal experiences or is it something that's strictly um, on Earth that we that that these experiences happen around? Yeah. Like, yeah, I would be really interested because you hear about ghost ships all the time. Yep. You know, and so like, you know, sailors are very, very superstitious. Oh, yes. So I, I am. That is a very good question because are there such things as ghost planes, um, ghost I, flights? I have heard of ghost flights because sometimes they use parts from other planes that have crashed on other planes. At least they used to. I don't know if they still do. And right. um, I have heard of people encountering ghosts on on aircrafts. I want to right. talk to pilots or even passengers or flight attendants, like anybody from the flight crew, anyone who's been on a plane. If you've had a paranormal encounter while flying, I want to know about it. But especially, I'd like to be able to talk to astronauts. But I think the, there's something about, uh, I don't think, I was told once by a friend um, that astronauts, if they do have experiences, are not allowed to talk about it. I don't know if that's true or not. Do you, do you think they sign NDR, uh, NDAs or NDRs? I'm thinking or whatever. Non- yeah, non-disclosure. The, agreements. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think they do. That's, you know, but I wonder how long it lasts for. Because yeah. there's, the you know, because what's his name? Uh, Neil Armstrong <clears throat> is still alive, you know? Oh. Yeah. Mr. I Armstrong, wonder- contact me. Yes. Anyone who knows him. Yes. Yeah, if you guys know Neil Armstrong, <laughs> holler. <Yeah>. Call me. <laughs> we would like to speak with him. Oh, that would but be yeah, awesome, yeah. That would be so cool. Like, I wonder, like, because I did ha- I did hear a story once about a, a plane at night. A plane was parked at a terminal, and people were boarding the plane. But there was nobody in the terminal. And then the plane was full. And then the next morning, the plane was empty. Wow. Yeah. And and I read about that one, but that was on the ground as well. So I don't know if it had something to do with the plane or, you know what I mean? But I didn't know that they used parts from crash planes in the newer planes, or they used to. They used to. I don't know if they still do. Um, yeah. Because but still, planes are, are are active for years and years and years. Yeah. So, you know, that's just, it's a 
if you flew. That's why I don't fly. (laughs) (laughs) It's just too tragic. I can't do it. I can't afford to fly. (laughs) Who can afford to fly? (laughs) No, but it it fascinates me because when there's a tragic uh, incident, when a plane crashes, I mean, at the very least, there would be residual energies on the plane from all those emotions from the people who perished, or even if they did survive, there's going to be residual at the very least that's embedded into that aircraft. It it just bled into the metal of that aircraft. Every fabric, the seats, the metal, you know, at least in my opinion. So I, yeah, I agree. I, that would be fascinating to do research on actually. It's something that, I've been trying to do and I can't find no one like I've I've tried to find people who are like I said flight crew or passengers whatever but no one stepped right. forward so far. Well, guys, we're going to need you guys to put your feelers out. We need astronauts and p- airline pilots yeah. or just a pilot at all. Yeah. So you guys know any, have them reach out to Kat because I would love to listen to that show. That would be awesome. So, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. I, <laughs> that show would be cool. <laughs> that, because that that's a building of knowledge right there. Because you always hear how paranormal activity is upped due to the materials that surround it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, limestone, wood, you know, um, marble, uh, the depending on the stones and the the materials that a house was built in or mm-hmm. a house was built on, you know? <clears throat> and so I don't see why it wouldn't be, why it would only be on earth that spirits are seen. Yep. See what I'm saying? Exactly. I, I'd like to know, does it mm-hmm. go beyond our planet? Right. The gravitational pull, I would like to know. Call hiring minds want to know. <laughs> that is great. That is a great question. That's got my you know perked up like in the back of my head. <laughs> so, but yeah, I thought I had fun tonight. I did too. This was, this was a lot of fun. We always have a lot of fun when we're talking. Yes, and we always lose track of time. So if this goes long, sorry guys. <laughs> yeah, it's over an hour, almost an hour and a half, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys. Would you like to tell the listeners where they can find you and your books first? Ah, you can find me on um, on Facebook under JB Coates, uh, Instagram under Obsidian Writer, Twitter under uh, at Obsidian underscore Writer. Then you can find my books on Amazon under JB Coates. And the three books are called uh, Integrity, Trepidation, and Perseverance. And then look for the new book that's coming out here pretty soon called Fortitude. Yes. After I'm done <laughs> narrating the first one, I cannot wait to read the others. Oh, I really am. Oh. <laughs> so exciting. And like I said before, knowing the author, too, I text you, I can't believe this happened, or this is so cool, or what? This happened? Are you kidding me? You're like, but it had to happen. Yes. Yes. That was uh, great. That was, that was a great text message. <laughs> 
but yeah, so you can find me in all those places. Don't be afraid to go ahead and hit the follow, the like, or send me a friend request. And I'll be happy to have you guys around, as always. And uh, I'll provide Kat with the links for the books so that you guys can check it out. Yes, they will be in the show notes as usual. Yay! Thank you so much, JB. You take care. Oh, thank you so much. I love you. I love you too. Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care of each other. And if you'd like to be on the show or have questions and comments, just drop me an email, paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Paranormal Heart would like to extend a special thank you to PurplePlanet.com for supplying the music for the show. The views and opinions expressed on Paranormal Heart are those of the host and participants, 